0: i
1: informed the new orleans pelicans that he has no intention of signing an extension and as a matter of fact has requested a trade that news coming in this morning let's get to the architect of that news or at least the purveyor of such information it is our aforementioned espn nba insider adrian martinowski joining us on sports center am Woj, it's been long rumored right like anthony davis and he's not going to stay with the pelicans he wants to win go to a winner uh, what more can you tell us about this news from his agent
0: uh, it, Randy, yeah, uh, Rich Paul told me this morning that, that he's informed the Pelicans uh, that Anthony Davis, their all NBA forward, will not sign an extension in the offseason when he's eligible to. Uh, he can become a free agent in the summer of 2020, and his intention is to head into free agency. He wants to trade now, and Rich Paul tells me that the preferred destination is a place that allows him uh, to compete on a championship level. And we are, you know, within a couple weeks now, the February 7th trade deadline. And, you know, we'll know soon the reaction in New Orleans uh, to this trade request. Um, They had said all along in New Orleans they would not trade him during the season. uh, But teams will line up immediately, beginning with the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks will be aggressive. There's not a team in the league that's not going to place a call to the Pelicans uh, to try to get an Anthony Davis. This is a player who will change the landscape in the league when he is ultimately moved or leaves in free agency in 2020.
1: Eligible for a five-year, $240 million extension from the Pelicans and he's willing to walk away from that. So Woj, the ties here between Rich Paul, his agent, and certainly the most famous client of Rich Paul, that'd be LeBron James, out on the West Coast. The ties there; it's really easy to draw those connections. Is it too soon to draw those connections between the Lakers and now Anthony Davis?
0: No, absolutely not, and and certainly, uh, you know, Davis. You know, Davis is a player who I think there are more than one team out there who believe they could sell him on re-signing. Uh, the Lakers have good young players. They certainly can offer future picks. Um, Boston has an arsenal of assets unlike any team in the league, and that's first-round picks, that's young players, and Boston has a confidence that if they traded for Anthony Davis, that they could convince him to stay in free agency um, and re-sign. But uh, right now, Paul has not referenced a particular team. He's left it open. That he wants him to be traded. That Anthony Davis wants to be traded, uh, you know, essentially to a contender. But the Lakers will be very much in this. They're going to be aggressive. Um, The plan had been in LA to go out, sign a big free agent player this summer, uh, and then use their assets to make a trade for Anthony Davis. But LA, Boston, um, you know, certainly all these teams will be more aggressive in the short term.
1: Again, February 7th is the-
2: And that was Adrian Wojnowski on ESPN talking about the Anthony Davis Woj bomb that was reported yesterday of he, him wanting out of New Orleans this season right now. Welcome in to the show, guys. So we got a lot of talk about it's views from the sideline, January 29th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Pappas. Malik Hill to my right. Joey Tysick across the table. What's going on, guys? So he's going to Phoenix, is what I was. That that, what I'm that's I think Phoenix or Atlanta, Detroit.
3: The top I'm not even <laughs> top three play. were in there. That's no.
2: That's, that's we're not even going to entertain that. That's not even funny. But anyways, Thon I Maker.
4: Thought, I thought it was coming. He's coming.
2: Thon Maker. Yeah, Thon Maker could be coming, but um, that's nor here nor there. Do You guys want to throw anything out there before we'll get into the more of the Anthony Davis stuff later on in the show, but do you guys have any initial thoughts of how this was done from Anthony Davis's party?
3: Uh, It's, I mean, it's smart as a fan. I don't necessarily like it because it kind of somewhat pigeonholes the Pelicans into a situation that's tough for them. And we've seen it in the past with guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I and I'll talk about it more. But I just don't like how it how this all happens and that the players get so much of a say necessarily. I how guess. they have so
2: much power, right? Malik, anything you want to add in? I mean, it was coming
4: sooner or later. The Pelicans, all the moves they've tried to make over the years, it's, it never really has amounted up to anything. They had a surprise. They should have kept boogie. They had a surprise upset playoff win last year against the trailblazers which was very positive but yeah like you said they didn't trust the injury demarcus cousins had even though a lot of people said and noticed that with the with the injury he had demarcus cousins was never a explosive super athletic player from the beginning and knowing the technology that we have in the nba today it wasn't going to take forever for him to come back so they got too scared but they did win they that playoff series.
3: They won the playoff series without him.
4: They they did. But and if anything, going, I would say going ahead through a full season, you know, they they weren't gonna just do exactly what they did in that playoff series, right? Okay, but
3: I I would say that the moves that they made this off season, getting Alfred Payton and Julius Randall, it looked like it would have be been pretty home. good. And I don't know if it's like a, it's not like a straight replacement, obviously, but I think that that it helped their depth, which is a big issue. For that team.
2: I will say I think losing Rondo was a huge blow yes, to this team. I, I think that's both the bigger on the loss. court and chemistry and in the locker room. I think if Rondo's there, I'm not saying he stops it, but there's a possibility Davis doesn't make these demands until yes, after the I, season. I
3: believe that was a that was a bigger loss for the Pelicans in the offseason.
2: So we'll get into that a little bit more. We're gonna jump into the Super Bowl, which is this Sunday, Malik's favorite. The New England Patriots, the team he's been saying is going to go and win this thing from the beginning. Even from, from the start of this playoff run, Malik has been a huge New England Patriots yep. supporter.
4: Go go back, listen to all the podcasts. Go, I've been saying that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. My name is not Chris Pappas. It's Malik Hill. It's Malik Hill. Yeah, that's um, exactly what's been happening.
2: Uh, it's the Patriots versus the Los Angeles Rams in Atlanta. In essence, Boston, L.A. I mean, what is this in every single sport we have? Boston, LA—it's kind of annoying. Big markets, uh, yeah, big markets. We saw that in the Saints game too. I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but Saints Rams you play, Stars, the no, yeah. honestly, really play the cool. game. Yeah, honestly, that would be really cool. That would be really cool because that's ne- has that ever been? That's never been done before. I don't think of it'd course, be very cool. It's, it's never. I if think it'd it would cool probably
4: happened in the 20s or 30s. Where it could, can
2: you imagine?
4: Hey guys, let's just play again. We don't have anything else to do. Can you yeah. imagine
3: the Rams just took all that time to celebrate that they're at the Super Bowl? They're going to the Super Bowl, and then. You come in the next day, and they're like, guys, we got to replay that game. I don't think it would be For very me, cool. For me, it would be fun. Even as a yeah, fan, it's too I would much, I,
4: It's too much money involved, too many politics. I'd I'd
2: feel bad either, either way. So, guys, what's going to decide the Super Bowl this year? What's the one key factor that is going to have the most impact in this game?
3: Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. <laughs>
2: Rob Gronkowski, he's really looking good this year, guys. (laughs) You could have just said Gronk. Yeah, Yeah. I know, but, you know. (laughs) So Rob Gronkowski is going to decide the Super Bowl. Yes. How so?
3: He's so hard to guard. And, you know, the front line of the Rams is their biggest thing. And not that the rest of their defense is bad by any means, but I think that any time that he can get out and get in open field, he's just so hard to bring down and he's so hard to deal with. And we saw him have a couple of key plays at the end of that Chiefs game that got them to the game-winning touchdown. And it's just a dynamic that the Patriots have always used where they – I mean, they used to use like a lot of double tight end sets and stuff, but he's just a weapon that no other team has. And as long as he's healthy and he's playing to his normal level, I think that that's going to be a really big factor.
2: Malik, what about you? What's the one key in this game that's going to decide the Super Bowl? I think the Patriots' defense is the
4: biggest game. How ironic. Last game, they they came out perfectly with a defensive scheme. They took Tyreek Hill out of the game. They made sure he was wrapped up. And for some reason, they didn't go to Travis Kelsey. It seemed like, honestly, looking back, it seemed like Andy Reid wasn't ready for that for some reason. He should have known that he could have... He went to Travis Kelsey too late and them not having their star running back because of all that controversy, it kind of ended ended up biting them because even though – what's the running back they have right now? Williams. I can't remember his first name. The Chiefs running back. 26. Damian? (laughs) Yeah. Is it Damian? Damian Williams started playing really good in the second half, but they didn't really emphasize the run game. They tried to force a lot of stuff in the passing game. Sean McVay, I assume, is going to come with a much more diverse plan on offense. He's going to attack from the start. How that Patriots defense responds is going to be huge because if they get punched in the mouth from the start and the Rams jump out to 14-0, I I don't know. I don't know how much firepower the Patriots have to just jump right back into it with the Rams, knowing the type of firepower the Rams have on defense.
2: So you guys both picked two New England aspects to be the X factors and the key factors of this game. If the Rams are to pull this thing out, what's the main reason the Rams win this game? The running game. Todd they, Gurley. They
3: control the pace of the game, and they just pound <laughs> it to the Patriots' defense, tire them out, and then just beat them that way.
2: So if you're Sean McVay, you're going run heavy in this one.
3: Yeah. And I think that's what they've, they've done most of their season. They rely on their run game and a lot of their defense. They have solid wide receivers, but there's no like standout receiver for this team. Uh, Jared Goff is just a very good quarterback. They've got some solid receivers there. And they just focus on Todd Gurley, and now C.J. Anderson is a big part of that. So that's a really hard run game to stop. So I would assume that they would look to tire this New England defense because, as we've seen New England hasn't had the greatest defense this season. So if they can wear them out early in the game and attack them later, then I think that's the way they go about it.
2: What about you, Malik? What's the, what's the key factor for L.A.? I think it's Aaron
4: Donald and Ndamukong Sue. Them two, if they get pressure on Tom Brady from the start and they knock him down and his passes start to get wobbly and his accuracy isn't as tight as it usually is, to Tlaib is back there. You have two Pro Bowl cornerbacks back there. They're going to start picking off passes. If Sue and Donald keep up this extreme high level of play and they hit Tom Brady, it could get ugly fast. And that's what really what they need to do if they want to dominate.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, get to Brady quickly. I mean, we saw throughout the playoffs Brady's had so much time in the pocket and that plays so much to his hand and so much to the Patriots' hand exactly. of winning these ball games. When Brady's got a couple seconds more than what he's used to, he's gonna pick your defense apart. It doesn't matter how old he is, he still has he still has the ability to pick a defense apart given the time.
4: Saints got up 13 0 and then Sue and Donald locked in.
2: Yeah. And it turned that whole game around. I mean, so did the officials, but it turned the whole game around. Uh Tom Brady has said that there is zero chance that he retires. I don't I don't believe that. I think if he wins this, he entertains the thought of riding off into the sunset. Nah, what do you guys think? Nah. Did you, did you
3: see the interview? 40. No. He did an interview with ESPN. He was so confident. He's not going anywhere. I, I would have hoped. We talked about it last week. I would have hoped that maybe if he wins this, he maybe just retires. Go out on a on a high note. But he said he, there's zero chance. He was very confident. And there was, like, no waiver in his voice. And... He said he plans to play until he's 45. How old that's, is he right now? That's his goal. I think he's 41. He, his goal he's, is he's 45 because nobody has like played that long to the level that he has. And he says he still feels good. And he feels like he's become healthier over the last couple of years as he's aged. And he said he's not going to throw in the towel until he feels like he can't do it anymore at such a high level that he does.
2: And that, I, I believe him. That's awesome It'd be that's kind of crazy though yeah, yet, but, yeah. I, I hope he ends <laughs> it well because I don't know if trying to play to 45 a lot of injuries happen as soon as you get up there in age and the fact that he already hasn't had a major injury and he hasn't slowed down is pretty crazy yeah um yeah, one major and, injury
4: when Matt Castle played that yeah. season but but barring yeah he, barring, back yeah, he bounced
2: back barring an
3: injury as well I mean if he does if he doesn't get a major injury. There's it's for sure that he can make another Super Bowl in four years. Like there's no oh, doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, he's, I agree. He's been there nine times. Nine times.
4: As long as there are people doubting Tom Brady, I he's, think they, he's he's gonna find a way. As long there will always be people doubting the older he gets, people will keep doubting him more. And that's just gonna fuel him even more as he keeps.
3: They compared it long. to any of the other he's he has more Super Bowl appearances than like uh, Roethlisberger and somebody else combined, and it's just insane.
2: Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about to dissect before we move on?
3: I don't have a favorite in this game, and that's kind of disappointing. Usually in the Super Bowl, I want one team to but, win. Yeah, and I I've have like more before. of a favorite, but like I said before, this was the one matchup that I didn't want to see. So I don't know. I'm yeah. I, I don't, I don't like. Dog. I don't like the New England run. Like you know, the dominance. I'm a little tired of it. Um, and the Rams. I don't. I don't know. I just don't like them. I don't
2: like the Rams because it's L.A. Yeah,
3: that might be it.
2: That's my personal thing. So. I think, honestly, I probably lean towards New England a little bit, just because the Brady legacy. But honestly, I could. I don't care at all. Right.
4: I think New England's offensive line, if they keep, if they continue to play at the level they've been playing at throughout these playoffs. I think you consider giving an offensive line Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. That would be uh,
2: really cool. I would be a hundred literally. Cool with that. Tom
4: Brady yeah. hasn't taken a sack in the postseason.
3: That's mm-hmm. insane. They do that almost every year. It's insane.
2: I could see Brady getting the MVP tra- trophy and then be like, "This is for my O line," and just kind of like hand it off to them. That'd yeah. be a really cool exactly.
4: thing. Also, watch this past episode of Detail by Peyton Manning, where he dissects Tom Brady in that offensive line. He Talks about exactly what they what they're doing, their communication between them and Brady. It's it's really it's impressive and
2: insane. Yeah. You should watch it. Uh Joey, it's about that time. All the views from the sideline, listeners. What time are we talking about? I,
4: I'm not sure. Was it was like 2:30. I oh need the Tyson hot take.
2: Who is your Super Bowl winner? And I need the score.
4: This can't be a hot take that's too hot because it's just... Oh, it's yeah. hot.
2: It's only two teams. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh,
4: Maybe the score could be a hot take. It could be.
3: I think it's going to be... That's by 50. I just have a... <laughs> that's a hot take. I have a bad feeling it's going to be New that's England. 50. I'm just going to say... I'm just going to stick to sevens. 35 to 21. Who's winning? New England.
4: Malik? New England wins it. 28 to 24.
3: Isn't that crazy, though? Like, even me, I like, I didn't think the Patriots were going to be this good, and nobody really talked about them. And then all of a sudden, they're in the Super Bowl, and everybody's like, yeah, they can win. They, they're probably the favorites to win.
2: It's because everybody's been listening to it. It's me. just
3: crazy that, like, once they get there, they're locked in, and you know it.
4: Well, when, Whole you, season Brady. when you turn into a different team, and you just you start
2: playing like this. Just flip the switch. Yeah. I'm taking New England, 45-28.
4: What kind of numbers is Tom Brady putting up with that 45? Give me, give me numbers. Give me over 400 <laughs> passing yards. Five to what is, What's the number? 340, numbers? 330, three, 343. You want? You don't want to touch four? I don't you want. You to afraid?
2: Four. I don't want to touch four.
4: You You're not feeling dangerous this week, Chris? Like Baker Mayfield, you didn't wake up feeling <laughs> dangerous.
3: Watch him throw under. I, I'm, I'm feeling he's going to throw under 300, and the like Sony Michelle or somebody is going to go off. It's just gonna be something weird. You know What
2: the New England running game But the passes those passes will be key plays. The New England running game is such a revolving door. It's insane how impactful they are. And they always why are they all why are they why are they always so impactful? It doesn't matter what three running backs they use, they always use two or three, and they're always names you never hear about until that year, and then they always make big plays. Why is that? Is it just Belichick? Do they we just, just chalk it up to Belichick and Brady and how they, they, just, they run that team?
3: They just no talent, and they they got the right plays for it.
2: Malik, you got nothing to add to that? I I want Malik to at least give me some insight All I have here. to
4: say is Danny Woodhead.
1: <laughs> running backs five, are key. 5'7",
4: 175 pounds, productive for the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. That man was a D3 running back.
3: Rex Burkhead.
4: Rex Burkhead, who, who was extremely productive at Nebraska in like a third-round pick. But Rex Burkhead, who hasn't done anything. <laughs> Over the past four or five years. Productive. Yep, It's just how it goes. Ben Jarvis,
3: Green Ellis. You guys remember that one?
4: Didn't like him. Lawrence Maroney didn't like him.
3: They all worked out.
4: I, I didn't crazy. like any of them.
3: In their own um, in their own ways.
2: It's crazy. All right. Well, that'll do it for our Super Bowl coverage. We'll recap the game next week. Next week, Thursday, is the NBA trade deadline. February 7th. We'll be on the air Tuesday. Uh, we'll do our trade deadline special. We'll talk about players of Pistons could maybe keep an eye for all the movement going on around the league players to watch on that day. Cause it could be a really active trade deadline. It sounds like there's more sellers as we creep up to the deadline and less buyers, which you can make for an active market. Plus with AD on the market. Now Mike Conley, Marcus soul, a bunch of names out there. It should be really interesting to watch. So stay tuned for that next week. Uh, but jumping back into it, we're going to jump into college hoops. Uh, start with Michigan. They had a crazy win over Minnesota where they probably should have lost that game. Uh, they won 59-57. Charles Matthews hits the buzzer beater. Crowd's going crazy. It's all, everyone's happy. It's awesome. But let's talk about the real issues here. That game should not have been that close.
4: That game shouldn't have been that close. Coming off a loss, they were still sluggish. But it's the Big Ten grind. It's, I it,
2: it is. Uh, aren't listen. you supposed to draw it first? I'm free. Oh, it's. It's the Big Ten, grind. Big Ten grind. I was like, what is that sound coming from? sorry for the technical difficulties. It's, be, it's a Chris special. Guys. There will be games you're not one.
4: supposed to lose. There will be tough games that you don't mind losing like them losing to Wisconsin. And there will be games that probably shouldn't be very close but are close. Them getting that win was extremely huge because it translated right into Indiana. They got that win. It relieved pressure. They went into Indiana with all confidence, and they rolled. Well, Even though I'm still... They they there's something missing from that team right now. There wasn't, and I I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if they peaked too early. I don't think that's what it is. But there's there's something missing. I can't put my finger on it. They're playing really good still, but
2: in the Minnesota game, they didn't have that killer mentality. They were up fifty two to forty one with eight minutes and seven seconds left.
4: They they have off. They have
2: they score five. Yeah. What did they score? Seven points in the last eight yeah. minutes. I
4: said this. I said this a few weeks ago. I was afraid. Because they always have stretches where they could just go completely cold. The guys with, like, Charles Matthews, he disappears for big spots. He'll start taking bad shots to try to get going. Iggy is a true freshman, so he can get too aggressive and start taking contested shots. Jordan Poole can also go cold. There, there are times where, yeah, all all three of their most offensive, talented guys, they can start to fall off. And it, it can it can look bad at times, but. Luckily, they have, now they have guys that can start to pick up the slack like John Teskey who's playing very good basketball these past few weeks. He's I need more really from Teskey.
2: What do you I mean? Need more.
4: By more, what do you mean? Crashing the glass.
2: They got outboarded 43-33 to 33 by Minnesota. That should not be happening. It shouldn't. Iggy led that team in rebounding with 11 boards that game. Iggy should not be leading the team in rebounding. It should be Teskey. I need more from Teskey. I need more. He needs to crash the glass. So I, I can, feel like I he's kind of shying that. away a little bit as the season progresses. When Minnesota turn, turns over the ball sixteen times, you only turn it over six times, and you almost lose that game because of that rebounding it disadvantage. That's not good.
4: They also have problem defending problems defending people in the paint, which is concerning.
3: Yeah, what was the? Do you know what the offensive rebounding differential was though? That's usually the more important one to look at. I can find out because Michigan shot pretty crappy in that game. Braz Degas had another dud.
2: Uh, It was actually pretty close. Uh, Minnesota had 13 offensive boards. Michigan had 12. Okay. It was more the defensive glass. But, Joe, did you see anything from that game that stood out to you? Something Michigan did, something Michigan didn't do, or that Minnesota did?
3: I think it's mostly Michigan. Uh, Like I said, Braz Degas had another rough game. He's starting to show some signs of being a freshman.
2: I mean, he was four. Yeah, he was four of eighteen from the floor. Right,
3: coming off a zero point game the game before.
2: He also just had a great game against Indiana.
3: I know, but that's I'm just saying we'll get to that. I'm just saying we're getting these ebbs and flows from him now, where it's a little bit concerning, where he's more consistent. Uh, My biggest concern is Malik. Kind of touched on it. Is I think Charles Matthews needs to be more aggressive earlier in the game, not when he's just in a lull. And he just starts firing away and starts shooting a bad percentage. I he think, also
4: travels at least once a game, which I don't understand. Yeah. It, I, it doesn't make sense to me how you can travel every game and look confused every time it happens.
2: Because he thinks he thinks he puts the ball down first. Yeah. He makes that first step. It's it's common it's misconception. But I think
3: he's he needs to be that key guy in that on that team. He's one of the he's the older guy. You got all these young guys around him, especially with with is having these ups and downs, I think when Iggy is struggling, that's when Charles Matthews needs to really step up and try to take over a little bit. Not entirely because that's not how this team works. It's not how it operates. But I think he needs to kind of take control of the load if, if somebody is struggling. And maybe to that extent Jordan Poole a little bit. We've seen him do it in a couple games this season as well. But those guys need to kind of pick each other up when one is struggling. It's going to hurt the team a lot if they all kind of go off of each other, and if they all struggle, then the team struggles. If they're all doing good, then the team's doing good. I I think they need to have a better balance somehow um, between them, and I think that's like the biggest concern at the moment.
2: And kind of piggybacking off that, moving on to the Indiana game, where we're kind of harping on Brezdikas for struggling. Malik brought it up. He had a really good game against Indiana. Uh, Indiana's not a slouch of a team. Yes, they're not the best team a better team than they have been in the past, but you can't sleep on them. Brezdikas had 20 points, 8-for-12 from the floor, which is huge, coming off a 4-for-18 game.
4: This is the first time I think this season I've seen them come out this strong. 17-nothing start. They they just they put their foot on their necks from the beginning.
2: and, just, and I think that had something to do with probably Beeline getting into them early on. Like, look, that Minnesota game should not have happened the way it happened, and uh, Michigan kind of responded, which is good to see.
3: I feel like it's very similar to the Villanova game where it's like, you guys got to prove something right here, right now. These guys beat us last year in the championship. Let's take it to them. They did that. Now, Indiana, that first game was close and you wanted it to feel like they had a more comfortable lead. And this time coming off of some rough games, it's like, okay, let's prove to them this time that we are the real deal and that we we are a better team than them.
2: So I want to poise this to you too. Pose this to you guys: Was it Michigan's aggressiveness coming into this game and throughout the whole forty minutes, or did Indiana's shooting struggles play a big factor into this one?
4: Honestly, I think it's more of Indiana's defense right now because they because they only
2: shot fifteen percent from three and less than thirty percent from the floor during the entire game. They shot twenty seven percent from the floor. That was a, and I'm gonna say Michigan's defense good, but it's not that good.
4: That was a big thing that contributed, but from the beginning, Indiana's defense was so soft. I mean they they were just letting Xavier Simpson. He would come off of a pick and roll, just take a dribble and just a wide open layup into the paint. Like it open threes. Isaiah Liver got an open three in the in that 17 nothing run to begin, and Indiana's coach was just losing it on the sidelines because obviously that was a thing that he didn't want to happen in the scouting report. You don't leave Isaiah Livers open. He shoots over 45% from the three. So, yeah, this, the mix of them being a really young team, not being prepared, them not playing really tough. They they played really soft against Michigan, and you that's something you can't do against a team of that quality, and it showed. It really showed.
3: Yeah, you never want to let a beeline offense get going because they will just torch you.
2: So, Joe, you think it was the same thing? It was more so Michigan, or was it more so Indiana? Um.
3: I don't know. I I think I would like to think that it's more Michigan. Um, yes, Indiana struggled, but as we said, their their defense is solid, it's not that good. But Michigan just came in on a mission and they were ready to go, ready to play. Indiana wasn't and I think that's credit to Michigan and beeline preparing those guys after a couple tough games.
2: Let's talk about the other couch hoops team in the state that's doing really well. Michigan State Spartans, they're still ranked number six in the country, even coming off a loss at Purdue lose by 10, 73 to 63. Um, Before that they played at Iowa and had a big game, big win against a ranked Iowa team. Number 19, 82 to 67. Joey, I'm going to hit you first. Does the Purdue loss impact your opinion of this team moving forward?
3: It did initially, but again, we go back to the big 10 is crazy and it's hard to beat, but I don't I don't know. The the part that concerns me the most is like how terrible both teams shot in this game and state still lost by ten. That that's like the only slight concern is that like the shooting percentages for both teams were terrible. Nobody could really hit shots. It was almost unenjoyable to watch. But those are the grit and grind games of the Big Ten that to really prove yourselves, you want to come out on top of. And Michigan State didn't do that. Granted, Purdue's a solid team. They're just not playing that well this season, but they're on a run right now, and they still have some solid players. So I can't discredit Michigan State too much, but it does hurt a little.
2: Malik, as a Michigan fan, do you feel better about your team's chances going up against MSU, watching them this past week at Purdue, taking that loss by 10?
4: Honestly, I, I pretty much feel the same. I don't have like huge fear going into that matchup. Yeah, you're
2: you're a little cocky, aren't you? (laughs) But
4: I I honestly, I don't know how to feel about this Michigan State team because at times they look almost unbeatable, and they look like one of maybe the top team in the country. Like the way they ran Maryland off the court and how they handled that Iowa game. But then you come out against Purdue and you just completely, you just come out completely flat, and they just are running you off the court from the beginning. And even though they found a way to get back into the game, it was just too far gone. I I think Tom Izzo has some things to figure out. And one of the main things is Nick Ward. He has not gotten – he really hasn't gotten any better over the past two years. And I think Xavier Tillman is clearly – he is clearly at this point the best option at the five position. I agree with you completely. If Nick Ward isn't going on the offensive end, what does he offer you? He's, he's Nothing. Not, he, he's not offering much. He there were times he looked confused at times yesterday. If his when his game isn't going, he's a turnover machine. When he, his game he, isn't going, he gets so aggressive that he's like makes offensive fouls. Yeah, he doesn't play smart. Xavier Tillman is smart. He's tough. He rebounds. He even if his offensive game isn't going,
2: he still he, gives you exactly, something, and he doesn't. He's
4: going he's gonna to get offensive rebounds. He's he, going to he's going to convert those layups. And he won't come kind of out about messing up exactly. on the he'll, offensive. He'll side. play hard at all times. You'll get you get consistency from Xavier Tillman. With Nick Ward, you do not know what you're gonna get at this point. And that that really does not help this team right now. For them to be the best they can, Nick Ward has to he has to get it together. And I maybe him coming off the bench will help. I don't know. Tom Izzo's obviously <laughs> he knows what he's doing. So It'll be interesting yeah, we'll to see. see we'll too. see how it goes from here. But I think
3: the biggest problem is that they need him on offense. Ex- exactly. That, that's that thing, and that's yeah. that's been my problem with Nick Ward from the beginning. I think he's a great talent. I think he has a lot of potential, especially for a college player. Like yeah, I said, he's I don't. All, he's always had talent. I don't know what his professional career could end up, but he's a great college player. The problem is his inconsistencies. When he's going and he's on a run, the team looks great and it just yeah. it, everything works because. That makes teams have to focus in on him. Inside-outside game. Yeah, exactly. But when he's like this, like he's been playing not so great. He he doesn't crash the boards. That's not his game. He's not the big energy guy. He's just an offensive guy. And that's where it hurts is that, he does, like you said, he doesn't offer anything else. But he also means so much. It's it's really hard to deal with, and yeah. I, I don't know how they'd change it. It's, it. I feel like for him it's more of a mentality thing at this point.
2: I agree. I think it's a good point to bring up. I think
3: he needs to figure this out in his head. I think is where it's at.
2: Before we move on to uh, some pro hoops, you guys have anything else you want to throw in there? Regardless of it's Michigan, Michigan State, or even across the board in college basketball, anything you guys want to?
4: By tournament time, Aaron Henry
2: will be an X factor for that team. The way that the way that he's looking good. The way that that kid is playing,
4: he's aggressive. The thing is, his jumper isn't there yet, but because he's so aggressive and athletic. He forces baskets. He's so aggressive that when he goes up, he's there's a good chance. 50 50 going up with a big man in the air. He's gonna convert that layup or get an and one. Because he he just he has the will to get it past you. And when his jumper falls, it he looks really good. And he's good he has great defensive potential. That kid, by the time if with that's starting him by the time tournament, the tournament comes, he can be maybe One of the biggest impacts on that team.
2: All right. Let's move on. NBA trade deadline around the corner. Like we said, next Thursday, February 7th, a lot of names being talked about. Um, We're going to focus in on a lot of just the rumors going around the NBA right now. Let's start off in Memphis where since I think the last time we were on the air, I don't think the news broke that Memphis was going to No, it didn't. It was later that night Mm -hmm. that, uh, Memphis is open for trade offers, and their are two franchise cornerstones that have been there for the longest time, Mike Conley and Mark DeSole. I want to start with this before we get into places they could land and best fits. Do you think Memphis moves one of those guys or both or neither?
4: I wouldn't be surprised if they moved both because they know when they have Gasol and Conley, they know they know their ceiling. They know how far they can go with Gasol and Conley, especially with this. This is one of the weakest rosters they've had in years, so they know this team isn't making a run. You might as well. You package them both. You go for some first-round picks this this year, maybe next year. Get a few more young, promising players. You have Jaron Jackson. You know what he is. You have some other young guys that can produce for you. You you start building for the future right now.
2: Joey?
3: Yeah, I I think they can move both. I mean, there's. Do you
2: think they will move both?
3: I mean, obviously the offers have to be there, but I think I offers are going to. But
2: I need a Joey Tyson. I think take. offers are
3: going to be pouring in, and I think they're going to figure out a deal to be done because there is a lot of. It'll probably be a three team. There's going to be a lot of teams that need these guys, like two pivotal positions for a team that wants to go into the playoffs. Mike Conley is a great, just. He's like a, a classic point guard. You know, he, he controls the game. He's a great shooter. Um, he's not super flashy, but he just gets the job done, and he can be a great leader for a team. And then Marcus Gasol, one of the better defenders. He's even and,
4: more valuable now because he can hit the three consistently. Right, he's a
3: stretch five. But
4: his game has declined
2: this year. Right. He's and down he's, to 15 he, points and yeah, his age, almost nine yeah. boards a game.
3: He is aging a little bit, and he's struggled, but...
4: You still put that on a playoff
2: team. Right, He's
3: you put him into out. a new yeah. system. And-,
2: and then to kind of play devil's advocate when it comes to Mike Conley and you guys saying how there's going to be all these offers pouring in, I disagree on that because his contract is kind of toxic. Three years at a super max, at one point he was the highest paid player in the NBA when he first signed that contract.
3: But there are going to be playoff, and we've seen it in the past where playoff teams are going okay. to try to just get in, what? Okay. especially like an Eastern Conference. What team playoff perhaps.
2: team is going to make a trade for Mike Conley right now?
3: Um, one that I could see, and I don't, I don't, I haven't looked deep into it on how the specifics, but you know, Indiana just lost Victor Oladipo.
2: That's his home team. That Indiana, I think, is maybe Conley the Conley one team. Because they are still having a really good season and right. they don't want it to be all for non or all for not that Victor Olatibo's gone for the year. I could see them doubling down for Mike Conley, but that's one of the few teams. Right. Maybe Miami, but then again, Goran Dragic is just a little bit younger version. Actually they might be the same. I would bag. I would say Mike Conley's an upgrade. I'd love to Slight s- upgrade. I'd though. love to see an
4: Indiana move. I'd
2: really. I would have liked to like see, see Conley and Oladipo play at the same time. Yeah,
3: true, but I'm uh, just saying, especially with Oladipo down now.
2: Now with the Pelicans looking like they're going to be in rebuild mode, I thought they were a team that might be interested in Mike Conley too. They have some point guard disparity because they like to play Drew Holiday at the two. Um, but now they're out of the picture when it comes to acquiring him. Is there any teams out west? Um. Because you're talking about all these offers pouring in. To me, I, it sounds like it's Indiana and that's about it.
3: Well, I'm I'm thinking that there, term, there, there'll there will be a lot of teams that go for it, but I don't know. In wh- terms of what, Marcus like,
4: Hall, I think there will be some teams that are pouring in. But Mike Conley, yeah, I think it's I mainly, think Marcus is Hall's gonna really just say Indiana thing. There's gonna be huge interest for Marcus Hall. I think Mike yeah.
3: Conley will get a lot of offers. I just don't know if if because of the contract, some of the pieces might not be enough for the Grizzlies to pull the trigger on it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a, there would be a lot of teams that would be interested. Um, out West, the only thing I thought of too for this one is it, it would be a weird scenario and it would be like a three-team trade where um, Portland finally moves on from Damian Lillard. And I don't know exactly whereabouts all those would go, but I feel like that would maybe be the time if if they wanted to try for it. But I don't think they will because... Their team's playing really good again, so it's, it's hard to say. That team's a mystery as well.
2: I think another team to watch for Conley out west, the Utah Jazz. They want a slight upgrade over Ricky Rubio. They're kind of on the playoff borderline. They had a really good season last year. They had a really good second half. They probably want to do that same thing over again.
3: They do have some younger talent, too, that they could offer back.
2: Yeah. I could also, no, I couldn't see Marcus Holt, but I think Utah's an interesting team to watch. To me, the three teams to watch for Conley right now, You hit it with Indiana, I think they're number one. I'll say Utah, two, because Rubio's getting up there in age, and Conley is a better player than Rubio. And if Utah's going to keep trying to contend, which they are with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and that whole crew, I think Mike Conley is definitely a player they would look at. And then I'll throw Detroit as three, because (laughs) they have the worst point guard rotation we've seen in maybe the last five years. It's embarrassing. Um, It's
4: a problem when Ish Smith is your favorite point guard on a
2: team. Yeah, and he can't stay healthy for the life of him. Um, but what do you think as, it takes
3: to get that done for Detroit? I wouldn't want to. I'm do it. curious. If I'm the
2: Pistons, I wouldn't want to do it because you have three years left of that contract.
3: But what 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 would you think would be the deal?
2: Let me uh, do a little research here.
3: Because um, I would, I, I answer, wouldn't so. mind that deal, only because the Pistons have already said like they're basically saying they're. They're going to stay stuck. They're not going to rebuild. Yeah. Exactly. So just go all in then. See, deal with two it. Two huge the, contracts. Deal Blake with it. I'd rather next, have John Wall for that contract. Deal that with money. it for the next three years. Whatever.
2: I'd rather have John Wall for that money.
3: But I think it's going to be harder to get John Wall.
2: Not with his injury.
3: And I would, I don't know. All right, let's see here. We And then we go back to me, my, my idea of signing Carmelo.
2: We'll Mike it. Conley, up, Carmelo, up, Blake Griffin, Mello's Andre not, Drummond. Melo is not coming here. Think about it. All right, so Mike Conley comes to Detroit. He's making thirty million. two two thirty million dollar players, um, you gotta ship out Reggie. They don't want John Luehr. Who's there's no other vet. You gotta probably ship Luke Kennard. And I'll say Galloway for some more shooting. What we got there? That's successful. Chip out Reggie Galloway, Canard, and you probably have to throw in a pick mm-hmm. for Mike Conley. Plus six wins, Joe.
3: As long as it's, as long as it's a second round pick. I, no, yeah, yeah, I
2: think yeah, six or a fir- seven. Seasons. I mean, <laughs> I think it has to be a first round pick. Yeah. It's probably a protected top yeah, ten yeah. pick, but I, I, your, I, future first round. Let's that has to be a, that gets us to, to maybe fighting for a second round series. <laughs> to me, though, The
3: most intriguing. No, because our winged up is still terrible.
2: No, it is. Yeah, it's rough. The most intriguing thing <laughs> yeah, is a shoot. Carmelo
4: dreams come true.
2: <laughs> the most intriguing thing for me this deadline is Andre Drummond. I think the Pistons are quietly looking to trade him.
3: That would be great. I'd love. And it. I'm not
2: even saying. I'm not saying. I honestly think Stefanski and Dwayne Casey have kind of had enough of Drummond, and they're quietly looking for a rim runner or a slight upgrade over Zaza. They, and then they can kind of spread the wealth over on the wings at the point guard position. I still want a draft pick. It's not going to happen, though. So I want it. Let's ship that we idea. need it. Joe, for the sake <laughs> we of We deserve what it. What else are we going to get? <laughs> like, the like, sake? like
4: the Lakers fans deserve Anthony Davis. We
2: deserve a draft What pick. What
3: is your proposed Andre Drummond trade? Do just a
2: straight-up Andre Drummond for Marcus. Gasol. It works in the trade machine. It's just a straight-up trade. For Memphis, they get a younger center who's still under contract but As you, they get younger, Drummond's 25 years old. For the Pistons, they get a better fit next to Blake Griffin. Mark can spread the floor. He's a better defensive player than Dre. I know all the analytics and the... Um, no, I agree with that. But I think Marcus has more impact on the game defensively than Andre Drummond does. But it then the Pistons have the another older
3: player that's aging and declining. But, get, and,
2: but he's only under contract for two years. Dre's under for three. Um, so you get out of that deal essentially a year earlier than you would when you're already in... Lack, of, lack of a better term, just maybe it could work. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a possibility. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think Marcus Holford, Andre Drummond's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. It could be a variation. I know Memphis really wants pe- someone to take over that Chandler Parsons contract. Two years at forty eight million mm-hmm. still left. If I'm Detroit, I'll take his contract. You better throw in a pick, though, like Joey right. said. Right? That's what
3: I, I've worked out those deals before
4: like 2022 too. second round pick. I've, I've I seen any, that stuff.
2: We have no second after this year. We don't have we have one second round pick over the next four years. Mm-hmm. That's our that's how bad Stan Van Gundy was with right. just handing that's out. That's why I said
3: we I, I want draft picks at this point. I don't I don't care about getting players in return. I want I want draft picks. I want to... Full rebuild. But we've talked about that.
2: All right, before. let's move on a little bit to some other players. Car- Joey wants to talk about Carmelo Anthony for some reason, guys. Why Joe, what's up with Melo? How
4: about that stand innovation in New York?
2: Yeah, good for him. Oh yeah. Mello. I just want to know Getting why him to that second round playoffs. I just want to know why the NBA
3: has exiled this man.
2: Because he's a ball hog that doesn't doesn't play defense and loves the mid-range jump shot.
3: And I, he's better than I don't 60% think he's sixty percent of the this, other four. I don't at think that that it's been
2: exiled. He's
4: clearly T- more talented than and he's pro- clearly he's heading to the Lakers like 75% of the forwards but there's no discussion he, here guys does he fit the game right now and w-
3: it doesn't matter he plays better Listen, he with his unfit play he style he doesn't want to
4: play on a bad team so it's it's on him too there's two destinations if he wanted to if he wanted to play he could have just stayed in Chicago
3: no Chicago doesn't want him what? they're trying to tank
4: why didn't he stay in
2: Atlanta yeah they should have wanted him <laughs> um but him Trey Young that would have been exciting there's two places for Melo. You can't have two it.
3: ball hogs on the same team, though. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But Trey's the point guard. I'm just saying. Point guard. Uh, I'm just oh, joking.
3: He's yeah, better than joking. Luka. A couple years. Wait for it. Oh, boy. He said it. You <laughs> didn't clip see it. Clip he that. No, he said that. You just said that. No. You guys didn't say that? that. I did see it, but hear? you
2: said it, too. Um, anyways, there's only two destinations for Melo. To me, it's like 90% chance he ends with the Lakers, 10% chance he ends in Miami. Those are the two.
3: Can we put a 5% on the Knicks? I wouldn't mind that. Or Denver. 1%. Or Denver.
2: 1% on both. Him ending in Denver would be beautiful, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I don't think he would go there either. He
4: just went to watch his boy play in New York. He just went to see D-Way's last game in the garden. He's hanging out.
3: He's having a good time. Hmm? I don't think so.
2: (laughs) Nah. So who needs an upgrade on the trade market? Who are some of your buyers, Joey?
3: Portland. They don't want to make the same mistake that they did last season, where... They go into the playoffs looking good, one of the top seeds, and then just get run over by the Pelicans.
4: Portland never needs to make another Evan Turner deal, they, but that also. Yeah, they
3: they seem to have a lot of young guys and it it's just not quite there. There's something weird about that Portland team. Like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum are great. But Nurkic every, is yeah, great. Everything else around it, but it just, just doesn't come together. They have a lot of like these really nice filler pieces, but it just it's not enough necessarily. Like they, they have al Aminu, Evan Turner's shown signs, Mo Harkless has never really turned into anything. Jake
4: Lehman is alright.
3: Right. So they got a lot of these weird filler guys that have moments, but they, they never have like come to fruition. So, I think they need to do something and they still have those those guys are still young, so maybe there's a team out there that would do something for it. I'm not sure exactly how they get something done. That's why I said it'd be really interesting if they just did a big swing and let go of Damian Lillard for like multiple pieces I don't know if I don't think they would do that kind of yeah, thing they wouldn't do that but I'm just throwing it out there
2: uh I was gonna touch on this when we talked more Anthony Davis but I'll bring it up now Portland's one of my dark horse teams to put together a big offer for Anthony Davis hmm. they're a team that's just gonna swing for the fences hope they can land them and just see if they can convince him to stay like Oklahoma City did with PG, like Toronto's trying to do with Kawhi. I think the Paul George staying in Oklahoma City gave these smaller market teams a little bit more confidence of swinging for the fences and making a play for these big-time players, even though they say, oh, I only want to go to L.A. or something right. like that. Honestly,
4: I can't believe that because if Portland doesn't swing for the fences, what are they going to do in the next few years? Right, They're, they're going to consistently stay... Around the 52, 53-win yeah, regular the season. Well, here's
2: the thing, like When they stick around that 52, 51-win 50 regular season and they just keep making the playoffs, keep losing the first round, they still are bringing in a lot of revenue because yeah. they make the playoffs. Because they have more, those. what is it, the four additional games for the first round guaranteed. Brings in so much publicity and so much revenue. At the bottom line, the NBA is a business, regardless of how you want to look at it entertainment-wise. These people are just trying to make money. So, like, when you're looking at these teams, like, why aren't they rebuilding? Why don't they tear it down? You're not going to win anything. If they make... That's why the Pistons want to make the playoffs, because they make so little money off that team right now. They have the lowest attendance in the NBA, by far. Percentage of people in seats and number of tickets sold. If they get to the eighth seed, that's a lot of money coming into Gorris's pocket for a franchise that hasn't been paying off.
3: I just don't see how Portland can make a deal that's more enticing than what the Lakers or the Celtics would have?
2: It depends on what the Pelicans are looking for. If they still want to be somewhat competitive, Portland's definitely putting in CJ McCollum. They're definitely putting in Yusuf Nurkic. putting in a pick and throwing a young piece. But then on
3: the other end for Portland, do they think that Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis are enough to win an NBA championship?
2: I think that's something they swing. they they try. to see can, if they can get a piece. I don't think
3: piece. you can actually even I agree think with you that that's possible.
2: but I don't think I think you have a better possibility with Damien and Anthony Davis than you do with Damien and C.J. and Yusuf.
3: I might disagree. I, d- I don't think their depth is enough. I, th- I thought the Pelicans' depth was better, and they're struggling. Now, it's not all Anthony Davis's fault. obviously. he plays out of his mind every night, but the the trailblazers, I think, have even worse depth than the Pelicans do.
2: Let's uh let's talk about the Anthony Davis stuff cuz we only have about 10 minutes left in the show and I that's the biggest story of the week. So right now Anthony Davis, he requested a trade. It's sounding like the Lakers are his top priority according to his agent Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, which is also LeBron's childhood friend, which is also his business partner, which is also the agent for LeBron James. There's a lot of Lines conspiracy being connected here. LeBron had dinner with Anthony Davis in L.A. when they played in L.A. about a month ago, and all of a sudden, this comes out. There's a lot of stuff going there's on a lot, behind the scenes. There's a lot
3: of fans that are trying to tell tell the NBA to watch out for tampering, and, and I the New Orleans, like New Orient, it's already happened.
2: The Pelicans, even in their statement, yes, put out that the NBA needs to watch for tampering. Right, LeBron even, can tamper even, anywhere he wants. Well, that's he's the a, king. Well, that's what the NBA is saying. The players can talk to players and they have no relegation over that. Or regulation over that. Um, but it's it's really tricky when LeBron is the most powerful entity in the NBA. Like he, is, he is the most powerful regardless. He's more powerful than the commissioner. I'm going to say it. Yeah. And we've never seen a player. I don't have know if anybody's going to disagree with you. We've never seen a player have this much power in a professional sport. Even Jordan. I think LeBron has more power than Jordan did at the time.
3: yeah, influential be yes. yes.
2: Um, his other destinations that have been reported, New York is going to get heavy consideration, which I think is crazy, but maybe AD and Kyrie team up because I heard Kyrie Kristaps. Kyrie A.D. Kristaps. that's a that's a team in that's the, a pretty
3: good team yeah.
2: Um, Boston, but they can't make a move until the offseason, so that's why a lot of people are saying New Orleans New Orleans should wait until July. Do you guys have any dark horse teams to look for? Or is it kind of those three?
3: No, I couldn't really think of anything just because the Lakers and the Celtics have so many assets that I don't, I don't know how he doesn't go to one of those teams. I I can see the Knicks though. I, I can see that as an option. Maybe if we want to go for a hot take Brooklyn, just because I of the assets down. that they have. Yeah, I put them down. Um, they have all
2: their picks now, which is crazy right, to say.
3: Exactly. Um, so maybe with the way that they've been playing lately. But other than that, I don't know. I I just don't think there's enough other teams just don't have the assets that those teams have.
2: Do you think this gets resolved before the deadline? No. Malik? It's hard to
4: say. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. But I I honestly think it's Los Angeles and LA or else. bust. Yeah.
3: And there was a there was talk though where Anthony Davis had told Alvin Gentry, and Gentry, that he was going to finish out this season, if if they needed to, like if he doesn't get traded or something, that he of course he would, he's got to finish. He's done he a would, contract. Like he could sit still out, still like compete Hawaii. and everything.
2: He wouldn't do that. He would. Yeah, he'd have to compete.
3: Well, there there was talks too. I had heard people talking about, well, what if the Pelicans wanted to sit him down to make sure that he doesn't get injured by the time the off season comes around? Those are just things that I've heard rumblings yeah. of.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky situation. I think it gets done by the deadline. I'm going to give a hot take, and I think he gets traded by the deadline. So you
3: think the Lakers are going to package gonna give, Lonzo, Kuzma, the, Ingram, Zubak, and a pick? pick. I, I think, think that's what it'll take. If if the Lakers are willing to do that and Magic Johnson wants to do that, I think then it will be done. I just And think, they're going to have to
2: take back some bad contracts.
3: I just think that Magic is going to be a little hesitant. This is going to be his biggest move by far as far as his tenure goes. And it'll be a big decision. I feel like he might actually end up hesitating. And that will be his downfall. And then Boston jumps in and Boston July. jumps in. And then it makes it even crazier because then the Pelicans have See, so that, much more.
2: That's why I think the Lakers have to make a deal now. Yeah. No, that
3: I agree. They, if they don't you do give them whatever they want, if they don't do that deal of every big name, I don't think the Pelicans would even I agree with look you. at it. The Pelicans like, if if they that. came up and they're like we're going to do Lonzo a first round pick Kuzma and Zubak. If they don't include Ingram in there, I'm I'm thinking the Pelicans just say no. Yeah. I think it has to be every one of those young guys.
2: Completely agree. And you said this is the biggest trade for Magic in his career in the front office. This is an NBA altering trade. Like it's that's how impactful this is. There's been people talking about how this is the biggest player on the trade market since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's that impactful on the landscape of the NBA and how the NBA is going to be moving forward. They team's up again with another superstar. It's going to, that's going to keep being a trend. He goes somewhere like New York and starts to build from scratch. That could start being a trend.
3: I almost think, too, if this gets done by the deadline and the Pelicans end up with all those assets, I think the Pelicans are actually going to be a really good team. I'm telling you,
2: Joe's a Pelicans fan. In guys, how many so, years? Uh, right now, 20. like next
3: year. Stop! They just need chemistry at that point,
2: which isn't
4: easy to do. All right, we have right. like all them kids from LA. I'm just putting. I'm we... just
3: saying, and you pair them back up with Julius Randle. Oh my God! The baby Lakers, are yeah, grow up. it's the baby Lakers the in New Orleans.
2: Um, we have only a couple minutes left here, so I want to talk about the All Star starters. Just get them out there. They were announced this past Thursday. The reserves get announced this thursday where blake griffin will be announced an all star shout out blake um what if he doesn't he will be 100% there's 0% chance <laughs> I'm just if he got snubbed if he does if he gets snubbed i will the whole next pod the whole next podcast no, no, if he, we'd have to do an emergency podcast if he gets snubbed i will burn my blake griffin jersey in studio <laughs> don't say that don't say that i will that. burn my blake griffin jersey in studio but that's not his fault so why exactly. would you burn his jersey yeah, I'll do something. <laughs> yeah. I'll do something. You guys can yeah. make me do something. I don't care. Um, but, yeah, the all-star starters are Giannis Atentakumpo, LeBron James, and this is going by most votes. So number one was Giannis, and we'll go down. So it's Giannis Atentokounmpo, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Paul George, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and the surprise to me, but I'm happy for him, Kemba Walker.
4: I'm so happy Kemba got there. Because
2: he's getting the start. In his home city, I think this really helps Michael Jordan and the whole Charlotte organization to really kind of cement Kemba as that corner piece, even though he's getting up there in age as their star player.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I agree.
3: I feel happy for the guy, too.
2: And Were you surprised by that, too, the Kemba stuff? I was more surprised, was surprised by an Anthony
3: player. Davis being excluded. And surpri- Well, I'm not surprised, but I feel like LeBron shouldn't be a starter. There's, what? No, there's no way that he's not what? going to be, but just because of his injury.
4: I think Nikola Jokic should be a starter. And I would Over who? Name all the starters again. LeBron. LeBron well, is we, the weakest starter. You out take, out of all
2: no, no, but you got to take it out of the Western Conference. So The problem
4: is too many too many numbers. So would you take Paul the, George out? That would probably be the guy the you have to skill take out. is
2: too
3: high. Paul George is playing better than LeBron right now.
2: Mm, there's, is that there's, your hot there's, take? There, there's a minute left in the show, and I really take? don't want to get into this right now.
4: Nikola Jokic should be starting, but he, he just can't. Which is d- extremely he should, disappointing. He should be starting, he but he can't. He can't. He should, but he can't. Hey, you're our fifth, but you can't play. You're our, <laughs> you
2: just gotta keep the bench warm. You're our fifth, so we're actually our sixth. It's a weird situation. Uh anything the else. West guys, is always too deep. Anything else you guys want to just bring up real quick? We got a a minute left.
3: Trade deadline and all star stuff is oh. Uh Steph Curry and Seth Curry going against each other in the three-point contest. And Dirk Nowitzki and in the three-point ca- contest. That's pretty exciting.
2: Luca's in the skills. Uh, the dunk contest Isn't is Isn't Trey be Young more. in the skills, too? Yeah, Trey's in the skills. Are they name who's in the dunk contest? Uh, Miles Bridges is. That's good. John Collins, I believe, is. That's good. Um, I can't remember the other two. but I haven't looked yet. Derek Jones Jr. is. But it's... I want the big names, man. You'll never get it. It's, I wanted LeBron and Vince, happen. man. That's, that's not over. Gonna happen. That's over.
4: You wanted LeBron and Vince. <laughs> I want
2: Vince right now. I would take Vince Carter <laughs> oh, yeah. right now.
3: I would watch it, too. Me, too. Me too. I, I would it would be it the
2: highest-rated dunk contest ever. Easily.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. No,
3: you're not going to get big names in the dunk contest ever
2: again. They're it's a afraid.
4: bummer. It's not worth it, man. Stop it. Yeah. It's not worth it.
2: Sure. ridiculous well that's gonna do it for our show this week Kobe. views from the sideline january 29th 2019 next week super bowl recap nba trade deadline special there's gonna be a trade by the time we're back on the airwaves next week i'm calling it i hope so we'll see you guys next time
3: bye it will be hilarious if the lakers got nothing
2: no I trades it.
4: at
3: all i can see it Just lebron by himself all lonely and nothing in the offseason